Network presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to Football Time Show, our NFL Reek and Review. With us, as always, is Achilles Rain. Week 7 is in the books, and uh, it was an awful week of football. I, I, I'm not sure there were two entertaining games on the uh, slate this week. Uh, I'm probably going to go a little scorched earth Uh in this review and pretty much trash every team in here. Uh, but uh, what'd you make of week seven Achilles? It wasn't that bad. I mean, there were a couple of games that at least piqued my interest. Um, if, if not, you know, for just positioning wise, as far as division standings go, but yeah, it was a pretty bad week. Yeah. This is uh, someone who uh, had the red zone channel on and wasn't subjugated to the uh, Falcons and dolphins for three and a half hours. See, that's one of the issues when you have a multiple TV football setup, Uh, you know, you tend to get stuck on watching these pretty crappy games. Whereas in me, I just turned the big screen on and put on red zone and everything was good. Yeah. uh, It wasn't good there either, but at least you missed the, it was uh, better in between uh, parts of every one of these games that was a uh, highly disastrous of uh, rain of hell pretty much uh we'll start out with Thursday night's game cuz we didn't touch on it on our uh, Friday show uh Browns win 17-14 uh this sort of uh kicked off the week of uh shitty football I'd say uh Browns come out with the win Case Keenum plays basically uh no one else on the Browns did play uh Dearness Johnson, uh, the third-string running back, looked good. Uh, I, I don't know what to say about the Broncos. Uh, Chetty Bridgewater was completely atrocious uh, in the first half, got a little bit better in the second half. Um, the Broncos are a joke. The Browns are bordering on it, but uh, what did you make of this game? Uh, I thought this game was more telling, you know, for if you're a Browns fan, that that offensive line, as far as like run blocking schemes go, they're, they're pretty legit. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to really phase them who's back there or who's that quarterback for that matter. So, you know, Case Keenum came out and won this game. Uh, a lot of people kind of assumed this was a situation where the Broncos could at least start to right the ship. But uh, unfortunately for them, they're playing really bad football and this wasn't meant to be. But, you know, kudos to Case Keenum for being ready when he got called up and winning uh, that, that game. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to go in on the Broncos here. Uh, once again, they decided to throw the ball 33 times in this game. Uh, Javante Williams, four carries. Uh, Melvin Gordon, eight carries. Uh, what they have against the run, I don't know. Uh, what they see in Teddy Bridgewater uh, throwing the ball numerous times a game, I don't know. Uh, this wasn't even one of those games like uh, last week uh, where they at least got really, really far behind. Uh, this was pretty much a three-point game uh, throughout. So uh, what the Broncos are doing, I don't know. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer. And uh, I was just – I was looking up the quarterbacks that this team has gotten uh, since Peyton Manning left after that Super Bowl win. Uh, we start out with Trevor Sinian, go to Paxton Lynch, back to Brock Osweiler, Case Keenum, who came back to beat them, and sadly enough is probably the best quarterback they've had uh, since then. Joe Flacco uh, had a nice little reign there. Brandon Allen, Western Kentucky pride. Uh, Drew Locke. 
Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippon, and now Treddy Bridgewater. Um, all I know is, can we please draft a quarterback in the first round uh, this year in the draft? Uh, this has been awful to watch, and, uh, you know, every year we come up with the same, oh, this team's a budding juggernaut. Uh, if they could just find a quarterback, they don't seem to have any interest in finding a quarterback. Yeah, I think the biggest issue for them going forward now is not just, you know, can we find the right quarterback? That was, can we fix this defense, which a lot of us kind of anticipated would be at least competitive coming into the season, and they've been anything but. So they have a lot of things to fix, and, uh, you know, there's still time to right the ship, at least salvage the season, but, you know, it's getting tougher and tougher with each loss. Yeah, and – you know, I think they've probably missed their window uh, with this defense as well. You you can sort of see it starting to age out here. Bradley Chubb is gone for the season. Uh, Von Miller uh, looks nothing like uh, Von Miller has looked, uh, you know. And then the corners are still solid. I wouldn't go great like they were in previous years. And the linebacking crew is just awful. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Broncos have sort of missed their window uh, with this dominant defense. And you know, the offense has never come along. So uh, I pretty much uh, quit on this team the rest of the season. Um, I, I see no way where they get better. Uh, it, it's a miracle they have three wins because they have one versus Jets, Giants, and Dolphins, which uh, I, is like a combined record of 3-15 and 15 this season. So, uh, you know, that's all fake. We'll switch things to the Browns a little bit here. 4-3, and three, definitely not the season, I think, everybody thought they would have um can they write this ship or is this just going to be you know they can barely beat broncos uh all season long because I, I think for sure uh we'll get into that game but baltimore both baltimore and cincinnati probably better teams than the browns right now and uh you know it, it's sort of hard what you make of pittsburgh so what do you make of this cleveland browns team well as you mentioned i mean right now cincinnati and baltimore Maybe even Pittsburgh are probably more complete, better teams as they sit. But that's not to say that, you know, over the rest of the season, they're a better team. I think the Browns have a really good, solid team. And they've got the good, they've got the right fundamentals, you know, to win football, especially that division. They play tough on defense. Um, they focus on running the ball and passing the ball, uh, you know, as, a, as an afterthought. And when they do that, that's when they play winning football. That's when they're at their best. It's when they when they play strong defense, focused on the run game, um, because they've got all the weapons to to really succeed and not just succeed, but you know go pretty far. And I think a lot of us felt like they probably would, especially the way they started off the season. They just have to get over these injuries. If they can get over these injuries and guys start coming back to play, you know, um, maybe they won't be a complete you know 100% healthy team, but they can get a few of those pieces back. They, they can get back to being relevant, which they still are. They're winning games, so. Yeah, I, I guess I can see that. Uh, I just wanted to uh, read you a little something uh, stat-wise. So I'm going to read you one person's stats, and I'm going to read you someone else's stats. Compare comp completion percentage, 64%. Uh, touchdown, 64. Interceptions, 37 and then we go to the other one, career completion percentage, 62.4%, 81 touchdowns, 46 interceptions. One of those is Mitchell Trubisky. One of those is Baker Mayfield. So uh, I'm just a little curious 
how much really better is Baker Mayfield than the likes of Mitchell Trubisky, uh, who just got sent packed shipping up to Buffalo to be that backup quarterback, and we get to watch the Bears, uh, meanwhile, uh, you know, ruin another life uh, at quarterback. Uh, we'll get to that disturbing game, uh, which also happened to be on my TV screen for three and a half hours of terribleness. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I just don't know if I can trust this Cleveland team right now. You know, we've seen the defense be hot and cold. They played great in that Minnesota Vikings game. And then the next week they give up 40 points and 600 yards to the Chargers in 20 minutes of possession. So I don't totally know what I'm getting there. I, I mentioned the quarterback stats of, you know, Baker. It, you know, you start zeroed in on it, and uh, I'm not sure how much really he brings to the table here. I don't even know that Case Keenum is all that much of a downgrade uh, to Baker Mayfield here. Now, uh I think Kareem Hunt's going to be out for a while. We'll see if they can get Nick Chubb back, and maybe they can find their defense. But uh, I just I, I'm worried about their inconsistency, especially in a division uh, that has the likes of Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh in it. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely you know a big reason to be concerned, uh, as you mentioned. That division is definitely a lot tougher than we all anticipated it would be. Uh, even with all that being said, though, Baker Mayfield is not the kind of quarterback that's going to wow you. I don't, you know, his main purpose on that team is his leadership. He, he, he definitely is a leader. I'll give him that. I've never been a huge Baker Mayfield fan, but you know, I will say that he does have the ability to make certain throws that other quarterbacks can't make. But in my opinion, he is definitely more of a game manager. We've seen the Browns have a lot of success when they really you know, play off of the run as opposed to playing off of the pass. And it's worked for them. You know, they tend to have little hiccups here and there when Baker Mayfield tries to do too much. But he's a tough guy. He's a really tough guy. You know, you saw him get, you know, banged up. He got his shoulder popped back in or whatever it was, and he went right back into it. He's got a lot of heart. And as I mentioned, uh, a lot of the players on that team really respect his leadership. So those are certain fundamentals that you have to take into account when you – put the quarterback together as a franchise guy. It's not just about, you know, how good he's, yes, he's not the best quarterback, but like I said, he brings other things to the table, which is what helps him win games. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on to our next game. Get past that one. Uh, I don't know if we want to do this one first, cause it was about the only game I enjoyed on the day. Uh, so we uh, might have a lot of complaining uh, for the other uh, 12 games. I'll get, into the NFL with six teams on a bye in a week as well. Uh, that proceeded to make the games annoying and boring. That 4 o'clock slate was just uh, atrocious uh, with nothing to watch unless you were sort of entertained by the Lions uh, going uh, ground zero and trying everything they could to beat the Rams. But uh, anyway, uh, Bengals, uh, Ravens, best game of the week, uh, uh, Bengals just, uh, I, I thought the Ravens were going to make a push there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Bengals put their uh, foot on their throat and just squashed them and made plays in that fourth quarter, extended that lead, did not let the Ravens get back in this game. And uh, just, uh, I, I think we got to take these Bengals seriously. They can defend, they're fast on defense, and they just, they have big plays on offense. And then they got that two-handed monster at running back with Burrow and Pirine uh, that can control the game a little bit. Uh I don't think I can say enough good things about these Bengals. Uh, just a good football team right now. 
Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about them for the last couple of weeks. You know, we kept saying that they're starting to make some noise, and we even said that this would be the week that would really test how real they actually were. Um, and I got to be honest with you. I, I thought that this game would be close, but I thought eventually, you know, uh, the Ravens would kind of pull away from them um, as the skill in quarterback level uh, really started to show itself. And that's exactly the opposite of what happened. Uh, it seemed like that Bengals defense, first of all, is legit. They're going to get after people. They can cause a ruckus in the backfield and they can keep, they can stay with guys. They got a lot of big, tall, you know, defensive back players who can guard just, just about anybody. So they're doing a really good job with their defensive scheme. That's first and foremost. Uh, second of all, though, they're making the offense really friendly to Burrow and Burrow, you know, even though it's a second year, it's really his first year because he got banged up early last year and we didn't get to see his progression. And you see that even though he was banged up, he must have took some time to really study mentally as opposed to just, you know, the physical aspects of the game because he, he stands tall, man. He, he had pressure in his face on several plays and he just stood there, took the hit and made the play. And, and uh, you really got to respect that. Uh, I'm really impressed by the way they're playing. And I think that this upcoming week, if they can dominate the, the you know, banged up Jets, if they can like really make a statement then this team is legit and it's somebody you have to worry about going forward, regardless of how young that team is. Yeah. Uh, honestly, right now, I think the AFC is uh, wide, wide open. We'll get to uh, the Chiefs in a little bit. Uh, don't, uh, they, that's going to be don't a spoil fun. it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, I, you know, I think the Bengals can contend here. Um, Foreign AFC slighted things. You got the Bills, you got the Ravens, you got the Bengals. Uh, you know, you probably got to throw Tennessee and Indianapolis in there from what we've seen last uh, week. Uh, the Chargers are probably in there. A couple weeks. Yeah, the Chargers are in there, and the Raiders we probably got to throw in there too. Uh, though, you know, uh, they've been a little light on the schedule the last couple weeks, but they've shown they can beat up those teams. And so. I think the AFC is wide open for any of those teams to sort of seize control. I, I think we thought this Chiefs thing would last probably a little longer than it uh, has, and uh, it, it seemed to drop off really quick. So I think the mantle's there for somebody to take it. I don't know if the Bengals are quite ready to do that, but, uh, you know, explosive offense, good defense, uh, you know, that wins football games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I thought that... From, you know, we had six teams on a bye, as you mentioned earlier, but even with all that, with the teams that did play, I thought the Bengals were probably the the most uh, eye-opening uh, team performance this week. Yeah. Uh, Ravens, um, you know, I, I don't look down on them. I thought they played pretty well there. The Bengals just made a, you know, a couple more plays there in that fourth quarter. Uh, you know, I, I, the tackling on the defensive side of things has been a problem all year long. It showed itself again in this game. They missed uh, the tight end Uzma uh, for a touchdown thanks to, for that three to one uh, player touchdown prop on uh, missing that tackle. And then that Jamar Chase play uh, where he spun out of four different guys. Uh, Jamar Chase is really, really good, but uh, someone probably should have brought him down there uh, considering he was at a dead stop when he made the spin move. So uh, how concerned are you, the Ravens? I I'm not too concerned. I, I thought they looked, you know, well, it's just the Bengals play better than they did this week. Or are you a little concerned here? Uh, I'm really not concerned about the Ravens. The Ravens are going to keep 
do what they do. They're going to keep winning games. You know, this is a divisional opponent. We I say it pretty much every single week when there's a divisional matchup. Divisional teams know each other better. They play each other constantly season after season after season. And though the players may change, you know, there, there's something to be said about, you know, playing in their stadium, playing uh, against that team in your stadium. And it becomes a continuity thing. You get used to it. So they tend to know each other a little bit better. Um, but yeah, man, I'm not too concerned. I, I think the Ravens are going to be okay. Uh, this was just, you know, a, a, I wouldn't even say a bad performance because they played well. Yeah. They, they, they just simply got outplayed in this particular week. And you just got to tip your hat off to the Bengals, man. They took care of business. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, Rashad Bateman, the rookie uh, receiver, um, first game back was last week. Uh, was played pretty solid this week. I, I thought he played really great, had six targets, three catches for 80 yards. Uh, I, I thought he looked really, really good. If he can actually get in there and become their number one receiver, and maybe if Sammy Watkins uh, ever chooses to return uh, from injury, uh, shocking, Sammy's banged up. Uh, who would have foreseen uh, that one coming? Uh but if you can move Bateman into that number one spot and then have Marquise Brown as that, you know, long uh, field stretcher, I, I think this Ravens offense can get even better. Uh, you know, I, they've already made leaps and bounds, I think, this season in the passing game. So I've been really, really impressed with the way Rashad Bateman has come in and played football. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. All right, uh, so we'll go to our next game, and the uh, long list of uh, terrible football uh, continues. I think we called uh, this one. Uh, we didn't take the spread on this one, but uh, the Packers uh, did just enough to uh, win the game and uh, not uh, really seem to put much effort into the game. Uh, meanwhile, Washington, um, possibly the most disgraceful red zone offense I've seen uh, in my lifetime here, uh, culminated by Tyler Heineke making a dive towards the end zone, coming up a yard short, and then assuming he got in the end zone and making a Lambeau leap like a complete moron, and then double, then today doubling down, saying he thought he got into the end zone like none of us have cameras and can watch a replay and freeze frame it and see that he was a yard short. But uh, uh, the Packers did what the Packers do. Uh, Rodgers was consistent and good, 274, three touchdowns, ran the ball. Not great, but, uh, you know, they didn't really need to, and the Washington football team uh, kept turning the ball over in the red zone. So uh, what did you make of this game? I mean, it went exactly as we thought it would. The Packers would basically outlast the Washington football team, skin as how they're a much better team. But, you know, with all that being said, I do want to say that something kind of caught my eye um, and it had to do with the Packers. Now it's no reason to be alarmed um, because they're still winning games. They're still getting the job done, but the Packers are definitely not the same Packers of last season. You know, it, it seems like it didn't really matter whether they were going up against a really good defense, uh, just an okay defense, a defense that plays schemes well, or has good personnel the package were putting up big numbers, big yards, almost on demand. And it seems like this season, things have really slowed down. They started to find a good balance with the run game early on. They seem to have gotten away from that. Now, Aaron Rodgers had a really good game, so there's really no need for it. But a lot of that kind of came towards the second half of the game. Um, and it seemed like it was a lot closer in the first half, which kind of made me concerned a little bit, you know, if because if Aaron Rodgers can't have a good game, if they can't get their points on demand as, as we're used to seeing, 
will they be okay in the, in the place? I still think they'll be okay, but it's just something that caught my eye, especially, you know, just based off how he played last season and how he's playing this season so far. Yeah. I think Bakhtiari, uh, he's supposed to come back in the next couple of weeks, probably solidify that line a little better. I look for him to get the running game going. Uh, now, you know, we'll preview this game a little later, but, uh, you know, Thursday would have been a really, really big game. Uh, you know, they play the Cardinals Thursday night football, uh, but now their defensive coordinator in COVID protocol, both Lazard and Adams are in COVID protocol. Uh, so we probably aren't going to end up with a very entertaining game uh, in that one. Uh, so, you know, that would have been a great test, both for Arizona and for Green Bay. And it doesn't look like we're going to get really, a, you know, a, a true matchup there on uh, Thursday night football. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, uh, a lot of uh, bummers in, in that matchup, but I still think that they can put together a pretty good show. It, it really depends on what type of Green Bay team shows up um, because even though we'll, we'll get into the Cardinals a little later on, but the, the Cardinals are showing some signs. They're still really good, but they're showing some signs. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. Uh the Falcons 30, the Dolphins 28. Uh, this game sucked my soul in life. Uh, I did end up getting the win, uh, but watching these two teams play football, uh, it, it breaks my brain uh, pretty much. And what breaks my brain even more is now the Falcons have uh, three wins and are three and three on the year. And they're uh, a game outside the uh, playoff picture. And uh, if you look at their schedule, uh, you know, coming up, uh, I'm afraid we're going to have to put Atlanta in the playoff picture. Uh, would I like them to be out of my life uh, for the rest of my life? Yes. But uh, for some reason, that doesn't seem to want to happen. I don't even know what to say in this game. Atlanta was dominating. Of course, lets Miami back in the game because uh, Matt Ryan is required to make key turnovers in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. He's contractually obligated. Uh, but then... Tua uh, seems contractually obligated to make one bad pass as he's getting sacked uh, every game. Gives Atlanta the ball right back. Uh, they score, but then, uh, you know, Dolphins go three and out. Matt Ryan gets the ball, uh, decides to run, and fumbles the ball right into the Dolphins. And uh, Dolphins go down and score. You think the Dolphins finally get on track and have their win and, of course, give up three plays to Matt Ryan with 20 seconds left, and they kick the game-winning field goal. Um, I don't know. I have a long rant on the Dolphins, but Falcons 3-3 three and three now. Uh, I, I will say they are starting to figure out that uh, Kyle Pitts is a huge weapon, and they should probably force the ball into him uh, every chance they get. Other than that, I don't know what to say about these Falcons. Uh, I mean... <laughs> The Falcons did what the Falcons do. They led teams back into it in the game where they were dominating. It seemed like it wasn't even going to be close. I was a little concerned about that Dolphins pick. Um, and then, uh, you know, right on cue, almost when, when it's like they could feel the viewers tuning off and they're like, nope, we got to get them back. We got to make this game exciting. So they let the Dolphins back into the game. Tua started looking like he was Tom Brady and, Eventually, he made a few mistakes, which were very costly, obviously. You know, I don't know. I'm so torn with Tua. I see things I like about him, and then I see things where I'm like, dude, really? You're still doing this, you know, even after last year? Like, I I don't know. Um, I, I really expected bigger things from, from Miami, and, and they're being a bit of a letdown. The Falcons, I thought, would be a little bit better, and they're still the same old Falcons regardless of 
who's on the team and who's not on the team. So I, you know, I'm glad that this wasn't on my TV as much as it was on yours. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, two of 32 of 40, really good. But two of those eight misses were just awful picks. The first one, I don't necessarily blame on him that you probably shouldn't be throwing on a blind pass to like your third string tight end uh, who didn't turn around for the ball. I mean, that's sort of game situation. Uh, realize that guy's not someone you need to be uh, forcing the ball into in a blind situation like that. That last turnover, though, he's made one of those literally every game. He's getting sacked. He's trying to force a ball as he's falling down to the ground, lofts a ball into the middle of the field, and it gets picked. And, you know, I I can see signs of his progressing, but this Dolphins team just sucks. Their defense is atrocious. Uh, How it got this bad this quickly, I don't know. Uh, the offense who signed 500 different playmakers over the year, uh, you know, Will Fuller is on IR and, you know, who knows with him. Devontae Parker uh, is hurt per always. I mean, that guy's career games are in and around the same number of career games that I have played in the NFL, uh, which isn't good. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's just this team sucks and they're going nowhere. And, and the sad part is, I I think their window was last year. Uh, They don't have their draft pick this year. It's going to that Eagles team. So, I mean, I don't know what the future is here. You know, we keep hearing the stupid Deshaun Watson rumors, but what future is that? You trade even more assets to bring him to a situation that's just as bad as the Texans. I don't know how that's improving your team. I I don't know why this defense has dropped off, you know, so, so much. We, we really liked Flores, uh, you know, the first two years of his reign, but uh, this has just been disappointing to say the least. Yeah, and that was actually going to be my follow-up question to you was, do you think it's time to move on from Flores? You know, I, I don't want to turn on somebody that I thought did a great job for the first two years, especially that first year when they were purposely trying to lose games. Uh, but... I don't know how much you blame him for the draft and the GM. I'm assuming he has some part of that. And they are just terrible. And they have, what future do you see this Dolphins team having going into next year? It's not bright to me. Well, see, the reason why I even brought the question up is I'm with you. I like Flores, and I thought he was doing a really good job, an exceptional job, even at that, with the the personnel that he had. But – to take last year's defense, you know, the, the way they were playing and, you know, you expected some bumps and bruises from the offense um, because they had so many young players, even if they had their guys healthy, you know, they were still going to experience some bumps and bruises, but the defense is probably the last thing that I anticipated going wrong with this team and for it to fall apart so drastically. I mean, how much of that do you put on the head coach? I, you know, honestly, uh, watching that game, it, it crossed my mind that, you know, it was probably time to pull the plug on Flores. And, and, you know, I'm usually one of those guys who will let coaches, you know, but what I saw uh, and what I've seen this whole year, it's not the same thing I saw the previous two years. The defense isn't playing hard. They aren't. It doesn't look like they're playing that hard. And, you know, when I say the Falcons' defense – 
is playing better than the Dolphins' defense. That just, it, it puts it in a disturbing sort of light there, especially since the offense really has never come along. I don't know how much is that of that is his fault. Basically, they have Jalen Waddell, and uh, that's about it on the outside. I, I guess you could sort of say Gasecki, uh, solid tight end, but I mean, you don't look at that offensive team and go weapons. Wow. Listen, they're... They're thin. They're thin on offense, okay. And, and I mean, not to spend too much time on a bad, you know, bad game and bad teams, but they—they're definitely missing some weapons on offense. But even with all that, if they had last year's defense, they would have won this game easily, easily won this game. And, and I think that at some point you do have to start blaming the coach. And, and I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't watch a lot of this game, but the few, the, you know, the few minutes that I did watch of it. And last week's game that I actually did watch, the coach looks defeated. It, it seems like every time a play goes against him or something goes wrong, they they pan over to him and, and he's got a defeated look on his face. And it, it's just something that I – that's probably the last thing I want to see in my coach. It's just a look of frustration. But I understand where it's coming from. It's just how much of it is your fault, man? So I, I don't know. I mean, I'd hate to say it, but I think that if it, things continue to deteriorate at this rate, it's definitely time to move on. Well, yeah, I, I think that's where I'd be concerned because I, I think the rebuild is over, and now it's time to tear down and rebuild again. We got one 10-win season out of that rebuild, and now I think it's time to gut this thing. So I don't know. Uh, it, maybe I'm just being over dramatic. Uh, because of the poor play. You're but, a Dolphins fan? No, it's because you're a Dolphins fan. But you Emotions know, are getting in the way. This is just, it's not been good this year. It's been really, really bad. Uh, so, yeah. Um, tough uh, to watch that game. Uh, next up, uh, this one was not much better. Um, the Jets uh, looked, um, uh, I, all I know Like is, the Jets. They, they've been scored 46 nothing uh, in the first quarter so far uh, this season. Uh, that's not a good stat. Uh, I believe it was like 94 uh, to 15 in the first half this season. Uh, that's not ways to win football games. Um, I, I know Robert Sala is a first-year coach, but, you know, he, he clearly doesn't have these teams prepared to start out games. Um, and... You know, they're ruining Zach Wilson, and now his knee is banged up. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's more disturbing, uh, that they traded for Joe Flacco uh, yesterday to fill that void, or the thought that Joe Flacco might be playing quarterback uh, for this team in the coming weeks uh, to fill that void. Uh, you know, I guess you could say the Patriots looked better, but uh, they have three wins this year, two of them versus the Jets. So, really... Uh, you know, how much better. Uh, they did a nice job of running up the score on the Jets because Bill Belichick hates the Jets. But uh, other than that, um, this game was bad. Uh, the Jets were bad. And, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a little worried that Robert Sala uh, might be in a little bit in over his head here. You know, they give all these coaching jobs to all these young guys. And uh I'm beginning to wonder if some of them just aren't ready because uh, this team gets blitzed in the first, you know, five minutes of the game every single week. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have much to add to it other than, you know, this was a perfect situation for the young quarterback in New England to start feeling good about himself. He's building up a lot of confidence, which is probably a scary thing when you're talking about a Bill Belichick-led team. Um, the Jets, boy, it's tough. It must be so, you know, I can understand because I, I was a Ram fan. I've been a Ram fan for a long time, and uh, we went through some really dark years, so I completely understand what the Jets are going through. But even those Ram teams that were horrible, uh, I mean, at least they had guys they were putting up some sort of statistical uh, reason to at least applaud the team. And there's just nothing from this Jets team. It's pretty bad. One week we go from talking about their defense and how tough they're playing to the next week they're giving up 50-plus points. It's just it's a sad affair. But, um, you know, good one for the Patriots. The Jets, I don't know. Uh, hopefully they get better luck going forward, start getting healthier, and uh, maybe they can make some things happen. But it looks bad. Yeah. Uh Kind of gross, uh, the Jets, and, uh, you know, honestly, uh, I, I feel sort of bad for Zach Wilson. Uh, he was getting annihilated uh, before he got hurt, and uh, it it just, you know, uh, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to uh, work his way out of that. The only thing is they will probably have another good draft pick. Uh, maybe they will use it. Uh, speaking of huge, uh, disappointing failures, um the Giants uh, won 25-3. to three. Uh, Speaking of games that uh, were absolutely disgusting to watch, um, somehow this one might have been worse uh, to watch, which was also on a screen, uh, than the Falcons and Dolphins, uh, which was saying something. Uh, both teams' offenses sucked for three quarters, uh, but uh, Sam Darnold uh, was doing a good enough job to uh, let the Giants uh, win this game. He was finally benched. Um, so, I don't know. The Jets got to win, or the Giants got to win. Uh, Panthers look terrible. Uh, Sam Darnold looks terrible. Um, I don't know. Say something good about these two teams. Uh, we got to see what the other quarterback looks like a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Not much and, better, and, but I like him better. And Jones caught a touchdown. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, see, I could, I could find a little light in that dark dark room uh, listen man this was just i think this was kind of a surprise i i really didn't expect this type of outcome i thought this was uh the right type of situation for carolina to get right back on track unfortunately for them darnold thought that he was back with the jets when as soon as he hit new york and or, or jersey i guess technically is where the stadium's at but as soon as he was back in the uh met life uh he just turned into, into old Sam Darnold and started turning the ball over. It, it was a bad performance. Uh, you know, I do have to give at least props to the Giants. They came into this game banged up, and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, had them as heavy underdogs. And, and they came out, man, and as you mentioned, it wasn't pretty at first, but ultimately they got the win. They did what they had to do. Yes, it took some trickery and things like that, but they got the win, and that's all that matters. And the Giants are actually winners this week, so – that's all I can say about this game. There wasn't much uh, other than that to talk about. So, yeah, uh, I, I assume though, uh, 
I, I guess they are saying that uh, Sam Darnold is their starter next week, uh, probably because P.J. Walker came in was awful as well. But, uh, you know, uh, somehow Sam Darnold manages to turn the ball over all the time, and yet his yards per attempt uh, was 4.4. So uh, somehow he's checking down the ball, and yet is still somehow managing to turn the ball over. I don't know quite how that works out. You know, I got to take a little bit of some shots here at Matt Rule and Joe Brady. You know, I don't totally uh, put it on them to give it a shot on Sam Darnold, uh, but I think you got to look at how you pretty much made Christian McCaffrey once again the end-all, be-all of this offense, knowing last year uh, the sort of injury problems he has. Uh, so the second uh, Christian McCaffrey went out, this team looked like a totally, totally different team. So you have all your chips in that one basket. You don't really get a running back that is – I get you can't get a running back like Christian McCaffrey, but you can find a running back uh, that can at least – is better than Chuba Hubbard, uh, you know, a fifth-round rookie out of Oklahoma State. Uh, it, it just seems like – they were not on the ball there. They were too busy giving up a second-round pick to get Sam Darnold to sort of understand that uh, maybe we need to find either a way to tailor this offense that is not so Christian McCaffrey-centric, or we need to get a running back, uh, say, you know, someone like Tony Pollard, who spells Ezekiel Elliott, who, if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt like he did, we don't go totally in the tank and are so reliant on Sam Darnold to carry our offense. Because once again, uh, I thought for three quarters this Carolina Panthers defense kept them right in the game. But uh, what are they going to do when they go three and out, three and out, three and out, turnover, turnover? So, you know, uh, this is a little bit on the coaching staff and offensive coordinators as well uh, for being so reliant on Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, it was just a bad game. And, and you know, the... Obviously, the Giants did enough to pull off this win, but uh, I don't think anybody was really happy about the performance overall. Uh, I think you just kind of, uh, you know, toss this one out and, and move forward and hopefully have a better week uh, com coming up because can't get much worse. Yeah, uh, I will say uh, I I'm not big on the Dolphins trading for Deshaun Watson, but if I was Carolina, that would be one I'd give a shot to. Uh, you know, your defense is already there. You have, you know, weapons on the outside on offense and Moore and Anderson. Theoretically, you have Kitchen McCaffrey at some point returning, though, you know, that's vague. Uh, you know, you're probably going to be in and around 500, so your first-round pick probably will be, you know, towards the back teens. Uh, so it won't be the worst thing in the world to give that up. I'd be a little bit more aggressive if I was the Panthers going after Deshaun Watson. And if he can't play this year, uh, you know, you just talk chalk this up to a, you know, sort of lost season. See if McCaffrey comes back. See if, you know, you can get things rolling towards the uh, back end of the season if Watson isn't allowed to play. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, the Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. Uh I'm going to break out uh, a fun little thing we had last year, the Dunzo list. You know who's making the Dunzo list? Patrick. The, the Kansas City Chiefs are making the Dunzo list. This team is literally the worst defense I have seen in the NFL uh, in a very, very long time. Um, 
Their offensive line can't block, and they have some of the stupidest sloppy turnovers I have ever seen uh, from a football team. And this, you know, it's just bleeding over from last season where they just could flip the switch and boom, turbo jets go. Uh, They're trying to flip the switch. Turbo jets aren't going, and they're getting rolled. Uh, And, you know, honestly, if you were a betting person, I bet for the Chiefs not to make the playoffs this year from what I've seen so far. It's heading down, especially if they keep playing the way they're playing. Now, it's not just bad enough that their defense, which, by the way, wasn't great last season. Uh, it was pretty bad also. But the defense, as bad as it is, and the offense can't get anything going. Um, you know, and it's been a, a mixture of things. It's been a lack of a running game. It's been uh, Patrick Mahomes making mistakes. It's been the offensive line uh, not giving him enough time and allowing pressure. Uh, so it's been – Literally, just about any issue you could run into, they, they've dealt with it so far this season. Um, so having a poor defense doesn't help their situation. But listen, I'm not ready to completely, you know, call call it for them yet. I, I think that they could still make some magic happen. But, man, it's getting tougher and tougher to really keep, you know, speaking highly of these guys, especially the way they've been performing over the last few weeks. Yeah. All right. I'm going to – read you their schedule to close. This is also while I think they aren't going to make the playoffs. You got the easy one in the Giants next week. But then they go Green Bay, at Las Vegas, Dallas, Denver, Las Vegas, at Chargers, Pittsburgh, at Bengals. And then they close with at Denver. I I mean... Okay, out of all those games, maybe, I could maybe see them win four games. Yeah. That, that's four. That's seven wins. That's not getting you in the playoffs. And I just... Oh, wow. That's that's what I mean when I, I, I said Cincinnati has a chance here. Baltimore has a chance here. Buffalo has a chance here. Tennessee has it. I honestly think it will be a huge, huge struggle for the Chiefs to get into the playoffs here. I, I mean, I'd go look at bets for Chiefs not to make the playoffs because my guess is you're still getting you know, plus money on on that side of things here. Uh, With that schedule, it's just with what they have done so far this year and played, that defense can't stop anybody. Uh, You know, we've sort of bypassed the turnovers as something that will go away, but we're seven games into the season now. That's not going away. They're sloppy on turnovers. Their line can't block. You know, if if this was – just a football team without names and you just watched it and you go, they can't block, they turn the ball over, they play bad defense, you go, this isn't a good football team. And they just aren't a good football team here. Yeah, I tried to look it up really quick. I couldn't find the current uh, odds on it. But as of August 24th, the Chiefs were at plus 650 to miss the playoffs. Minus a thousand to make the playoffs. Yeah. So there was there was some value there uh, if for anyone who saw this coming. But again, I'm not trying to write them off just yet. It's going to take them like completely turning this around in order for them to you know ease their way into the playoffs. But it's not going to be easy, even if they do make it in. And if they do make it in, and it's a struggle, 
how much you know does everything they put into trying to win these games take out of them in the playoffs? I, there's just too many question marks. I'm definitely concerned if I'm a Chiefs fan. It's definitely something you you're at least weary about. But boy, man, uh, I I just I can't say enough about about his this how bad this offense has been playing the last couple of weeks it's playing it's just as bad as the defense yeah uh and, and you know you don't factor it in but theoretically you know if d ford doesn't jump off sides in that overtime uh you know they make the super bowl three straight times uh you don't know sort of what that's taken out of them uh, you know the only other team to do that sort of thing was the bills in the mid 90s and uh they basically then went the next 30 years and didn't make the playoffs at all. So, uh, you know, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is young enough for uh, that not to quite happen. Jim Kelly was sort of on his uh, last legs there. But, uh, you know, y- you think of it like uh, the NBA where teams, you know, make those playoff runs over and over and over and it just grinds on them. And I think, you know, those three runs in the uh, AFC these last three years might have taken a bit of grind on him. And I just think sloppiness has taken over and they think they can flip that switch. And uh, it, it's just not there right now. Well, listen, you know, we're talking about the Titans and the Chiefs here. And we literally focused all of our time on the segment on just the Chiefs. I think we do have to give at least a little bit of props to the Tennessee Titans, man. As much as we talk smack about them, you know, they've come out back-to-back weeks and once big game. So uh, my hat's off to them, even though I, I didn't want to uh, bow down to the dynamite uh, and his gloating, but they, they've been playing well, man. And hopefully they can keep this up. If they can, then they're going to be a dangerous team to face off against. Yeah. It, it, I, I put them right in that. Uh, I, I don't think I put them right in the top tier, but I put them in that mix that they can, uh, you know, uh, if things break right, they can make a move. Really, really big game uh, this week at Indianapolis. Uh, uh, probably, if they can beat that, they probably run away with this division pretty easy since they, uh, you know, already played the Colts uh, earlier. I don't know what the, uh, I'll take a shot at the end of the schedule makers, schedule Indianapolis and uh, Tennessee uh, twice in the first eight weeks of the season. Uh, hello, uh these two teams were always going to be the two fighting for the top of that division. Yeah, so, I don't understand why this would be, you know, week 17. But I'm glad the I two will get, get matchups versus Houston and Jacksonville uh, towards the end of that. Uh, those yeah. will be important games. Oh, I'm sure they will be. Nail biters. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Lions-Rams. Uh, I... This wasn't an awful game. It was pretty entertaining. The Rams, uh, you know, the Lions really, really played hard. Um it would have been nice for that to show up uh, last week. Uh, we could have used the Lions playing hard, but I guess they were saving up uh, for this week trying to get this win. Uh, you know, I I don't know if I've seen an onside kick and a fake punt in uh, back-to-back possessions in uh, uh, probably since Pee Wee football. But uh, anyway, uh, Rams came out uh, on top. They looked all right. Um, Still a little loose, I think, on the defensive side of the football, but uh, overall, a uh, good win. I, I don't know who the Rams' schedule makers are, but they go to the Texans uh, this week. So uh, that nice little trio there of uh, Giants, uh, Lions, Texans uh, to uh, bulk up that uh, win percentage. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I won't say too much about this game, especially being a Ram fan. You know, a little disappointing in the way they came, they came out, but you got to give it to the Lions, man. Uh, you know, you said you can't remember the last time it happened. I can remember the last time it happened because I remember the Rams doing this a few years back. Um, listen, the, the Lions were going to try their best to win in every facet of the game. They played a really good game, and with everything going their way and then playing a really good game, it's still, you know, the talent level showed up at the end. That's the real reason the Rams won that game. It wasn't because they played better, because they didn't. It wasn't because they made more plays, because they didn't. It was because they have more talent. And, and that's really what it came down to. I didn't expect anything anything less. Um, I'm glad I didn't take the uh, the spread in this one uh, like I did last week, because last week they covered this week. Uh, it got a little close there. But, uh, you know, overall, they got the win. You know, good effort by the Lions, and uh, you know, hopefully Jared Goff has success uh, going forward. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move past this game. Uh, next one uh, wasn't much better. Uh, you know, Raiders won thirty-three twenty-two. Uh, that score is being kind uh, to the Eagles. They got fifteen points in the uh, last eight minutes of the game to uh, pretend like this one is close, which I, I, I think is the Eagles' motto uh, this year: uh, get blown out for three quarters, score a couple cheap touchdowns in the last uh, eight minutes, and make it look closer than it was. Uh, really impressive performance, I will say, by uh, Derek Carr, thirty-one of thirty-four uh, for three twenty-three. Thought he played really, really well. Um, you know. Uh, just uh, good Raiders again, uh, especially considering Darren Waller was out of this game. So uh, what would you make of this uh, game here? Uh, this one uh, wasn't a great game, but uh, I-, I thought the Raiders played well once again. Yeah, I, I was a little concerned when I found out that Waller wasn't going to be playing because I thought it was really going to limit the ability of Derek Carr to spread the field. Um, and then turn, it would really limit the ability of the running backs to find holes with, you know, the defense kind of uh, coming down on the box. And it, it actually went the complete opposite way. The Raiders came out, and they were very aggressive. Um, they were efficient, and they made plays, man. And I, I Listen, I know the Raiders are a good team, but part of me felt that there was maybe a one-week gap where they would play well once they kind of, you know, hoorah together, and then they would start a, a downfall trend. Um, but if anything, it's, it seems like they're going to try and continue to play the way they've been playing, the way they started off the season. And if they can do that, man, this Raiders team was playing really good, and they've looked good over the last two weeks. So I think that hopefully they can keep this going, keep momentum going, and keep winning more games because right now they're in a tight race in that division. Yeah, I, I like when the Raiders are good. It's uh, fun. Uh, Eagles, uh, much the same. Not very good defensively. Not that great offensively. Uh, there's some sort of fake stats in there that – uh, make it look better than it was. But uh, if you watch this game, you, you saw the Eagles couldn't do anything on offense till that last, you know, handful of minutes. Uh, I, I think they're just in full tank mode. They have their first-round pick. Like I mentioned, they have the Dolphins' first-round pick, uh, which at this point is uh, trending towards the uh, top two or one. And uh, their pick is trending towards the top two or one. They also have the Colts' first-round pick. Uh, so really overall... Uh, their season probably begins at the draft uh, coming up. Uh, anything on the Eagles, really? Uh, no, I mean, you know, I guess good effort to not give up completely um, as the game basically coming to an end. But, yeah, I mean, 
I, I got nothing really to say about the Eagles other than they put up a good effort. They didn't give up. They put up some points. They had to look decent. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Uh, not much. Uh, Cardinals 31, Texans 5. Uh, this was a little bit of a game for a quarter till the uh, Cardinals decided to uh, start, you know, fooling around and uh, easily gashing uh, the Texans. Poor defense. Uh, Davis uh, Mills continues to be uh, poor. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess good game by the Cardinals, but uh, this really wasn't the game to judge anything on. It was going to be Thursday, but I don't. Once again, uh, this season is just breaking uh, for the Cardinals uh, quite nicely. You know, you you get all hyped up. You look ahead. You got that Thursday game versus Green Bay, and then you sort of get home Monday, and it's like, oh, uh, defensive coordinator out with COVID. Devontae Adams out with COVID. Alan Lazard out with COVID. And you're like, oh, well, uh, this game got much, much worse. So uh, what would you make of the Cardinals here? Listen, the Cardinals, uh, okay, we said it all. We've said it several times. They, they're a good team. They've got a lot of really good players. They have a lot of, you know, talent at every skill position on that team. But they've also caught a lot of, you know, uh, good roles. You know, uh, for them, as you mentioned, they have this Green Bay game coming up, which is probably their toughest game over the last few weeks. And they have no Devonte Adams. They don't have their defensive coordinator, uh, no Lazard. As you mentioned. It, everything's just kind of falling into place for them. And I had to think that at some point, either that is a positive or a negative. It can work two ways. It can make these guys feel like, you know what? Things are falling into place for us. This is our season. It's meant to be. And it just kind of builds up that confidence. Or it could be one of those situations where you haven't faced any adversity. And the moment you do, you crumble. And I, I kind of feel like that's more the way I'm leaning, I hope it's not um, because I want the NFC West to be as competitive as possible. Uh, it makes for a more fun, you know, watching experience, especially if you're a fan of that division, but they, they really just haven't had a lot of competition. Uh, you know, even when they played the Rams, they, they kind of spanked the Rams. So they've been pretty dominant so far and it's hard to really fault them. It's not their fault that things just happen to be working out for them, but I can't wait to see them play a really good team. So I have at least a good barometer of how good they really are. Yeah. Uh, let me just ask you, NFC side of things, how many teams would you put over uh, the Cardinals that you think would go to the Super Bowl before them? Uh, if I had to pick, I would probably say three, maybe. Three. You know, uh, Tampa Bay, maybe Green Bay, and – probably the Rams. Yep. Uh, Just that, from experience. Yeah. No, that's that's about where I sit. Uh Tampa Bay's definitely on there. Uh Rams definitely on there and then uh you know Green Bay's probably uh you know the hex. Uh do you think Green Bay's better? Do you think uh the Cardinals are better? I I'd probably just go with one team has Aaron Rodgers. Um it, maybe it plays out like where they play. Like if Arizona has to go into Green Bay, uh, I'd probably definitely favor Green Bay more, whereas I don't know if Green Bay going into Arizona is, you know, that much of a home field advantage where I really think the home field advantage would lie with Green Bay. Uh, so maybe there. Uh, Cowboys, where, would you I, – I, I'm curious where you put them ahead of, uh, you know, Cardinals, Cowboys. 
Listen, the, the, the Cowboys have ex, so far exceeded expectations. And I know we'll talk about them a little bit when we get into their game, but, you know, they've exceeded expectations and uh, they've played really good football. Their defense has gotten better, not leaps and bounds, but they've gotten better, you know, and it's enough to where it's helping the offense not have to score as many points, but the offense is still humming and they've got playmakers on defense now that can actually turn the tide of a game, you know, on any given play. So it's something that they haven't had over the last couple of seasons. And I'm sure they're really pumped up about it, but they still have to go through these, you know, hurdles as a team before I feel like you're ready for the next step. And they're playing really good football. Don't get me wrong. And they're a solid team, but I, I think they're not ready yet. Um, and it'll start becoming a little more uh, evident when once we start playing against the other uh, tougher teams. Yeah, it should be an entertaining one with the Cowboys uh, this weekend versus the Vikings. Uh, should be a, a nice little uh, test, a real test for that defense uh, at least. Uh, next yep. up, uh, Bucks Bears, uh, 38-3. Um, you won't believe this, but the uh, Bears uh, were awful. Um Defense didn't show up. Uh, offense is a joke, and uh, I don't know. Matt Nagy is a joke overall. Bucks did what the Bucks do. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. They didn't have a ton of stats in this game. Uh, they did manage to get Brady for a more random touchdown passage from the two-yard line. Um, that's really impressive. But uh, anyway, and they gave away his touchdown ball. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Bucks Bears. Uh, anything? Bueller. Bueller, I can take shots at well, Maggie for an hour, uh, which I no. Listen, we've done that before. It doesn't seem to help the situation any. So uh, I'm I'm done with Maggie. I, I think he's got to go. Um, you know, Fields. I, I was a little down on him to start off when when he got named the starter, and then he I was like, okay, maybe maybe he is you know getting there. He obviously has a lot of work to do, but maybe he is getting better. And then he puts up this high performance. Um, that Bears defense, I, I just got done talking about their players on defense last week. And I know that they were missing a few guys, especially down in the middle, you know, where you really stuff that run. But it was just a bad performance. Uh, you know, congratulations to Tom Brady. Uh, I believe it was, what, 600th pass, touchdown yeah. pass? Yes. Uh, what, in the no regular one else season. Is, yeah, so congratulations to him, you know. Uh, Evans kind of was it Evans who gave it away? Yeah, he did his celebration where he gives the ball to a fan in his jersey. Yeah, now I think that this is probably the most interesting question I have about this game is if you were that fan that got that ball, what are you asking for? I don't know. It's just a football. I probably just give it back, but yeah, to you it's just a football, but obviously to Brady it's more than that. So it's got to be worth something. I mean, I don't know. The wife said she would ask for season tickets. And now, like, the season's almost halfway over. I'm like, it doesn't seem like a good trade-off to me. I'd probably ask for uh, some some green uh, and be happy with whatever I get. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess I might ask for something I – Probably asked for like Warren Sapp's jersey. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> I wouldn't I'm ask pretty for sure any you can get current that. players. I, I, I'm pretty sure you can get that jersey for cheap right now. I'd be like, uh, could I get an old school uh, Jacquez Green and Warren Sapp jersey? <laughs> Maybe a Sean Green give me a phone call or something else. Uh, you know, 
I, I was just looking at uh, just uh, overall, like uh, what the Bucks have left and what they're going to do. And, you know, I, I read off the schedule of the Chiefs who have the first place schedule, and, you know, that's how the NFL works. They're supposed to slot it where you have a difficult schedule. But uh, quite honestly, after this week, this is what the Tampa Bay Bucks have on their schedule. At Washington, Giants, at Colts, Falcons, a tough one in the Bills, mind you, Saints, Carolina, Jets, Carolina. Uh, <laughs> they could win six or seven games out of that bunch. I think they are probably maybe going to lose to Buffalo. Uh and that's about it. Uh, they have the at Saints this week. Uh, you know, we'll get into that game of uh, putridness uh, in a in a couple here. But uh, honestly, I think these Bucks could probably go. Uh, what is it, uh, fifteen and two uh, without much problem here to close out this season? Uh, you know how much they're trying for that. But uh, the other thing is, I don't know how tested we think they're going to be going into the playoffs because I mean you look at their schedule they played the Rams good team on their schedule they lost that when they played Dallas to open that was a close two-point game and then basically they've gone through the rest of their schedule other than Buffalo and not played a legit playoff team unless you're sort of saying the Saints might be a playoff team but they're sort of on the fringe fringe of the playoffs so they might play three playoff teams this year uh on their schedule so i wonder if you know like going into the playoffs we see the 15 and 2 record but because they played a just lower tier quality of opponent uh they get a little bit overrated uh when they have to start playing the rams and the cowboys and the Green Bay Packers, you know, you don't get the Dolphins and the Bears and the Eagles and and such in the playoffs. So I'm curious how that's going to play out in the playoffs uh, looking forward. Yeah, I mean, it might – obviously, it might make an impact. You know, we talk about how lucky the Cardinals are and just the way that things have fallen into place for them. But in a way, it kind of just worked out for the Buccaneers as well. You know, they've been struggling with a lot of injuries, especially on that secondary uh, and for them to be able to cruise to wins like the one they did last week, uh, you know, it's got to feel good to be like, yeah, as banged up as we are, we're still dominating. So we'll see if it plays, a, a, you know, uh, a, an impact in the in the playoffs or not. But right now they're winning games, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, good offensive game plan by Nagy. Uh, Tampa only missing five of their top seven corners. So I, I'm glad you couldn't pass on them because – Jesus. All right. No more shots at Nagy other than he's possibly the worst football coach of all time. Uh, Colts uh, Niners here. Uh, We'll get into another football coach, uh, the genius Kyle Shanahan, who uh, possibly might be the most overrated football coach, uh, maybe in the history of mankind, uh, losing seasons at now four of the past uh, five years, if you count so far as a losing season since he's two of four. Uh, 
I granted it was a monsoon, but uh, that seems to be the Niners. They always have some sort of excuse. Uh, but uh, really there's always pleasant. a monsoon or an yeah. earthquake or you know, Kittle's hurt, stunned. Uh, he gets hurt every year. Raheem Mostert is hurt. Uh, the only time he wasn't hurt was during their one Super Bowl run. So. You know, I'm a little over the Niners' excuses, but uh, Colts, defense looking good. Offense starting to come around. Uh, Wentz wasn't great, but I don't think anybody would have been great, great in in that style of weather. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, that running game starting to maul people. Uh, I'm getting more and more in love with these Colts here. I I think we both thought they're going to start slow, but at this point we thought the Colts might come around and be able to put on a run here. Yeah, I mean, I actually mentioned it uh, in our pick show. I-, I thought that this Colts team had played a lot better, you know, over the last few weeks. They really found their identity. Wentz had really figured out that, listen, it's not really for me to make big plays. I can rely on my running backs. I can rely on my running game. And as I said, I can dump it off to these guys. I don't have to go for a big play. My defense will keep me in games as long as I don't make mistakes. And that recipe has worked out for them over the last few weeks which is why going into this game, even though they were considered underdogs technically, I know there was bad weather and it could have been a different type of game had we had really good weather. But, you know, we don't get to pick what the what the elements we play in are. And it's just the way it works out. Mother Nature has a mind of its own. So with all that being said, the, the Colts played a really good game. And, you know, yes, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't a pretty win. It wasn't a flash of wins. But they went, you know, to a team that uh, – probably was more prepared than they were seeing as how they actually got uh, you know more of a chance to, to really put together a game plan to go up against these Colts and they took care of business so I think you got to give them props there um, they really haven't took their foot off the gas they've had to learn a lot of things you know with the new quarterback in place and everything but they're starting to find a groove and if they can find that groove and get close to what they played like uh, last season, then I think this is going to be a scary team. And, you know, the Titans are sitting pretty at first, but it, listen, the Colts are starting to make some noise. So I, I wouldn't start to rest on my laurels just yet. I think that you got to stay competitive because it might be a dogfight towards the end. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to play a fun little game with you uh, with the boy genius, uh, Kyle Shanahan. Um, let's just go into coaches winning percentage. You tell me if this coach had a, Better or worse winning percentage uh, than Kyle Shanahan. Chip Kelly, better or worse winning percentage? I'm going to say better. You're correct. Better winning percentage. (laughs) Joe Philbin, the disgraced Dolphins coach. Better or worse winning percentage? I I think I understand the trend of this game, but I'm going to sound like a genius here, and I'm going to say better? That's correct, Uh, 46.4 46.4 win percentage on Kyle Hanna and a 44.3. Uh, here's another fun one. Uh, Jerry Granville, the uh, psychotic uh, Falcons coach. Uh, better or worse winning percentage than the uh, boy genius Kyle Shanahan? Now, I mean, you don't even have to ask because you know I'm a football genius, but I'm going to say better. <laughs> better is correct. Uh, how about this one? You'll like this one. Rex Ryan. Uh, the disgraced and embarrassed Rex Ryan, who everybody thinks is such a terrible coach. Better or worse, uh, career-winning percentage. Well, listen, uh, even, even as bad as people think he was, I do remember that he made the Jets at least fun to watch uh, and somewhat relevant, so I'm going to say better. That's correct, better. Uh, you should also know Ray Rhodes, better winning percentage. Uh, 
I will say he does slightly have a better win percentage than uh, Herm Edwards, Dick Duran, and Chan <laughs> Gailey, uh, which is about the company he's keeking at his win percentage. So, uh, yeah, uh, we all love his uh, zone-blocking schemes that aren't even his zone-blocking scheme. Uh, they're his father's uh, zone-blocking schemes. Uh, maybe we can lay off the uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, offensive genius uh, moniker uh, just a little bit here because these uh, 49ers, uh, once again, not a good football team. You know, we, we made excuses for them last year because they had injuries, uh, but at some point, your football team is your football team, and he's not winning football games other than that one season. Yeah, listen, it was a really tough loss for them. Um, definitely a loss that they couldn't afford. Now they seem to fall even deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, and uh, every time they look up, besides just light uh, daylight fading daylight by the way um they see the cardinals and the rams just you know going even further and higher higher up it's just they were in a bad situation they really needed this game to at least try and keep pace with these uh, two teams and, and they couldn't pull it off and really it's on them you know because the Colts have to play in the same type of weather, so yeah. you can't blame it on the weather yeah and they're a dome team for god's sake so uh yeah Niners, uh, I, I'm pretty much uh, through with them, too. So uh, we'll see. Maybe at some point uh, Trey Lance uh, gets his chance uh, and gets some reps. But uh, uh, if I have to hear the uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, offensive genius from the uh, stat nerds, uh, maybe we can uh, start quoting Ray Rhodes as uh, defensive genius. Uh, I don't think anybody's uh, out there ready to rehire him anytime soon. All right, uh Saints, uh, Seahawks, uh, I, this game was possibly the capper of the uh, awful weekend that it was. Uh, Saints win 13-10. Um, Jameis Winston was on the football field. Uh, I don't think the Saints uh, trust him to do anything. Uh, basically, it was try to get the ball to Alvin Kamara as much as possible and uh, hope that uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, have no offense and Geno Smith is terrible at quarterback, uh, which he was. Uh, so, good win by the Saints. Uh, thoughts on the Saints? Four and two. Uh, but, I mean... I, I like this defense, but this offense, they're so scared to legitimately do anything with Jameis Winston. Uh, I, I don't know what their ceiling could possibly be. Listen, I, I joke around a lot about Jameis Winston and his LASIK surgery and how he's a better quarterback now, but the reality of it is that, you know, Jameis is who Jameis is. We know what he's going to bring to the table. So I don't blame New Orleans for trying to keep him on the leash uh, he's not the guy you want slinging the ball around because I guarantee you that the wrong guy's going to come down with it half the time. Especially uh, if your defense look, is as good as the Saints. I mean, why? Yeah, get, exactly. Get extra exactly. That, that right now, that's your bread and butter is that defense. And they seem to really have found their identity with that running game. They really utilized Alan Kamara, which to be completely honest with you, you know, we got to see him play in, obviously in Tennessee, but, I didn't think that he was every down back. And even though he doesn't run like one, he's effective like a, like a every down back. So, you know, props to them. And they did enough to win that game. Like you said, they really kept the leash on Winston, which probably helped him win the game. But Seattle, just like San Francisco, uh, they really needed a win. I know that it was going to be tough with a lot, with a lot of guys that they had hurt, but, you know, they got that big play from Metcalf and you thought that it was really – 
the that was going to be the, what was going to start the trend for them to be like, oh, we can win with anybody. It doesn't matter. And we thought that defense would start playing better. Defense played okay, but listen, it's tough, really, really tough for them. Um, again, the Rams win, Cardinals win. They just pull further ahead. And uh, if they are going to salvage the season, they got to start winning some ball games before Russell Wilson comes back because otherwise, what's the point of bringing him back? Yeah. Uh... You know, I, I will say they've been beneficial uh, to me in the money department because they cover all these games with Geno Smith at quarterback. Uh, they don't win any of them, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, they just, it's probably just one of those years where, you know, it's bad luck. Their defense uh, at least played somewhat better, I, I suppose. I mean, the Saints really didn't, I mean, do a whole lot on the offensive side of things, but uh, it, I just, they're going to have trouble winning games with Geno back there. So, and the running attack did not look as yeah. effective as it, as it last week. I'm, so that hurt them too. I'm curious, what do you think their record would have to be? Uh, you know, they're saying maybe week 10 for Russ. Uh, I, I saw that thing on his hand. Uh, I was not optimistic, uh, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, but what do you think their record would have to be to still have slight playoff hopes here? When do they assume he's, or when do they predict he'll be they back? They said maybe week 10, but like I said, I mean, he still had a full cast covering his whole hand, so. Let's just say he comes back week 10. In order for them to at least become threats, you know, for a playoff spot or a wild card spot. They have to win their next three games. I, I don't think you can go into Russell Wilson week 10 coming back from injury and you're under 500. I don't think you can do it. I don't think they could win at that point. I, I think it'd be, it put too much pressure on Russell Wilson to make things happen, which in turn could only be worse for him because you risk re-injury and then that puts them out for even longer and then puts your whole uh, franchise into a tailspin. I don't know. I think they're, they would have to win their next three if they really want to contend for a playoff spot when Russell Wilson comes back. Yeah, probably so. Uh, I, I, you know, them in San Francisco, I've sort of just uh, pushed down the pile. Uh, Saints wise. Uh Let's put the Saints in Minnesota in a pot here. Which one do you lean more towards probably grabbing that uh, last or so playoff spot? It's tough because I, I really like the Saints defense, um, and I think that the Vikings offense is super explosive. But if I had to pick one of them, I would say that I'd probably lean a little bit more towards the Saints. And it's because one – Defense wins championships. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win a championship, but defense will win you games. Uh, we've seen Minnesota's offense make blunders, you know, even when they're going up against pretty bad defenses. And two, I think the Saints have a much better coach, uh, at least, you know, when it comes to being able to implement a, a game plan and a strategy to beat your opponent. Uh, I think the Saints are better off in those two categories, which is why I lean slightly more towards the Saints. Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, well, well, we'll see with the uh, Vikings. Big game uh, coming up uh, this week off the bye uh, for Minnesota versus Dallas. 
All right, uh, let's get into the Thursday night game a little bit. Arizona-Green Bay, we already mentioned, you know, uh, I guess it hasn't been ruled out uh, yet with Devontae and uh, uh, Lazard. They have to have, you know, uh, like two negative tests in a row. But uh, I would not be optimistic that they make it back for that Thursday game. Uh, but what do you think goes down in this Thursday game uh, here? I mean, I think this is probably going to be tight early on. But um, as, the great, as the game progresses, we're going to start seeing the uh, the gap in talent with all those guys from Green Bay being out, with them not having their coordinator to be able to call defensive plays, uh, especially against this potent Cardinals offense, which can attack you from just about every angle. So uh, I, I think it might be tight close, you know, in the beginning, but the Cardinals will start to pull away as the game progresses. Um, and if it goes any other way than that, uh, I, I think it's going to answer more questions about the Cardinals than it will about the Packers. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move into our best and worst of the week. Let's get into the best of the week on the offensive side of things. What do you got for us on the best of the week? Uh, for best of the week on offense, I am going with quarterback from Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Burrow was just flat out impressive going up against a divisional foe. The young quarterback led his team to an impressive win, tallying up 416 yards and three touchdowns with just a small blemish with that interception. But overall, still a great day. Yeah, definitely. So uh, my best were my best on the offensive side. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. We're giving a. a a double award here for both of them. I thought they were just great in that game, and I just loved how they uh, sort of stepped on Baltimore's throats. When Baltimore started to look like they were ready to make their move to creep back into that uh, game there. So really impressive performance by the Bengals. Uh, On the defensive side of things, where are you going? Uh, Really quick, though, I did have uh, Chase as an honorable mention and also, uh, uh, as they're calling him right now, Vanillatron. Um, (laughs) My boy Cooper Cup, who had another monster game. But anyways, uh, we don't best of the week that on first that Detroit secondary. You could run open routes first them. Hey, listen, Cooper Cup's been doing it against everybody. Okay, so don't worry, don't worry to get started. You could uh, run that anyways. little out route and scamper for twenty yards versus that Lions team. Yeah, I think I think I could. I just scan out the back or something. Uh, anyways, uh, best of the week on defense. Uh, the Titans defense. For a defense that we tend to mock basically week to week, the Titans have stepped up uh, definitely in back-to-back weeks, silencing two of the top offenses in the leagues in the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, If they figured out their chinks in their defensive armor, the Titans are going to be a scary team to play against on any given Sunday, so be careful. All right. Uh, For me, I'm going to give a shout-out to the Saints defense, especially uh, Marcus Davenport, uh, defensive end on there. Uh, I I don't think the Saints get enough love on the defensive side of the ball, but uh, they're easily uh, one of the best defensive teams in the league and carried them. And Marcus Davenport has been great along that uh, line. Uh, You know, Demario Davis has been a great linebacker for them. So, uh, you know, really just uh, really, really good defense for New Orleans here that, uh, you know, people I I don't think quite know. New Orleans uh, defensive team now. uh, Lockdown defensive New Orleans. Uh, Where are you going on best coach of the week? Before I do my coach, I do want to just put it on the record. I give this New Orleans Saints uh, defense love all the time. Yes, I do. If any, okay, just making it clear. You're an NFL uh, anyways, football expert, so uh, we expect uh, yeah. you to know these things. 
Especially after those answers, right? When it came to if you asked your neighbor uh, whether the Saints defense was good, he'd probably be uh, living off uh, expired information. Yeah. (laughs) First, I got to go talk to the neighbor. Uh, But anyways, for uh, best of the week for coach, I'm going with Zach Taylor, head coach of the Bengals. Uh, They're young, they're flashy, and they're starting to make some noise. Coach Taylor's put together a team that isn't afraid of anyone. If they keep up this play style, the sky is the limit. And it all starts at the top. Hopefully they can take care of business next week against the ailing Jets and prove that they're for real. I got a co uh uh, off, uh, best of the week on the coach's side of uh, things. Uh, we're going to go with Zach Taylor as well. Uh, dynamite game plan. Uh, but then we're going to go with Dan Campbell, pulling out all the stops. Uh, we don't usually give the uh, the uh, coach of the week to the loser. But, uh, hey, uh, maybe try this every week. Uh, I, I don't know quite what you have to lose. Uh why don't we just go for fake punts and onside kicks at a ridiculous rate if you're the Detroit Lions here? So uh, Dan Campbell, uh, gets a thumbs up from me for making that uh, terrible <laughs> game interesting. It's probably the only thumb up you'll get all year, by the way. Uh, all right, let's go to the worst of the week. Uh, you cannot say every game, uh, though I might already have put that in there, but uh, where are you going on the offensive side of things here? Well, I'm glad you decided to do co-winners this week because – For the first time ever on Worst of the Week, I have co-winners on offense. And that's going to be Sam Darnold, quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, who had 111 yards and an interception and a loss to the banged-up Giants. In his return to New York, uh, he looked like he he did back when he was in New York. Uh, And Justin Fields, quarterback of the Chicago Bears, 184 yards and three picks versus the cornerback Les Bucks. Uh, but what bothers me the most about Fields isn't so much his numbers, but it was his demeanor. They showed him during the game uh, after they had basically, they're basically done at that point, but they showed him on the bench and he was moping. And I'm sorry, man, but I know he's young and he's got things to learn. But if that's the leader on my team, the last thing I want to see him do is moping when we're losing. Try to pump your guys up and make it feel good. Get ready for next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Mine is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, we we haven't taken a whole lot of shots at uh, Patrick Mahomes here, but uh, I, I deserves it. Yeah, uh, just not good. Uh, sloppy with the football once again. Uh, I, I get some of the turnovers aren't his fault, but uh, I just think he's the one leading. Uh, so the sloppiness starts and begins with him. So uh, Patrick Mahomes on that. Uh, side of things all right on the defensive side of things where are we going uh for worst of the week on defense this was kind of a shock to me uh it's usually a defense that we talk highly of and they looked horrendous versus the banged up giant squad they gave up over 200 through the air and over 100 on the ground and they even allowed a half concussed quarterback to catch a touchdown so panthers worst of the week on defense yeah uh good call i'm gonna go with the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, after playing really good on defense the week before, uh, just terrible on uh, defense this week. Rokon Smith was awful. Uh, Ogletree was awful. Uh, you know, Khalil Mack was terrible. Uh, basically everybody on the team, but uh, I'll signal out the stars who were all really, really bad. So uh, Chicago Bears, Mack, Smith, Ogletree, uh, just really, really poor uh, on that side of the ball. And, uh, 
you know, I, I get it. The Bears offense sucks. Uh, your coach is uh, a horrendous embarrassment uh, to life. But uh, anyway, disappointing from the Bears. All right. Uh, how about coach for you? Let's see. For worst uh, coach of the week, this is a, another first for me. I'm going with the Joe. Joe, the special teams coach for the Rams. Um, maybe it's because I miss Coach Bones or because, you know, every person in the world knew that the Lions had this game circled in their calendar and they were going to be desperate. They were going to try everything they could to try and get, a, you know, an edge in this game. And they did. And I can forgive, you know, an error on special teams, a mistake, but to get fooled, not once, not twice, three times. Yeah, I think that's a little too much. You should have anticipated that they were going to have some trickery up their sleeves. Uh, so for that reason, Joe, sorry, man, worst of the week. All right. Uh, for worst of the week on the coaches' side of things, I got a list here. Uh, we're going to start out <laughs> with Brian Flores, uh, who led that disgraceful uh, Miami game. Then we're going to Matt Rule. Uh, then we're going to do a slight nod to Andy Reid, uh, who's overseen uh, this sloppiness this year. Uh, Robert Sala, who uh, is disgusting in the first half. Uh, and that being said, uh, I, I couldn't go without, uh, you know, a little Matt Nagy in there and then sprinkle in uh, overall the sort of cherry on top, uh, the boy genius, uh, Kyle Shanahan, who uh, doesn't win football games, but somehow is a genius at football. So uh, we, we got a long list of... Uh, Worst of the week on the coach's side of things for me. You see, NFL, this is what happens when you have six teams on a bye. You get an angry champ, and this is what you're going to hear. Stop yeah. giving six well, teams a bye week. I hate to break it to you, but you ought to look at the slate of games this week. I, I don't want to. I it's don't not want much to. Better. Uh, so it could be a two week uh, uh, breathing fire of fury uh, here as I watch bad oh. football games. I'm looking forward to it. I didn't even have a bad gambling weekend, which is makes it all the more uh, disappointing how bad the football was because I was sort of up on the gambling and uh, just down on watching bad football. All right, uh, that's our show for the week. Be sure to like and subscribe to not miss any of our shows. We'll be back with Dynamite David on Thursday. Achilles Rain will join us on Friday for our Picks and Preview show. Where can we find you, Achilles? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter. That dude Achilles is TD Achilles. All right, that's our show, and we're out.